Welcome to episode 123 of the e-commerce coffee break podcast. Today we want to find out why Headless is outperforming traditional stores. Experts on the show are Sinem and Shubim of Sogodi.com. So let's get started. This is the e-commerce coffee break, the podcast dedicated to Shopify store owners who want to optimize their business for maximum conversions and revenue. Each week, you're going to get actionable advice and hear from special guests talking about various topics on how to run a profitable business on Shopify. Learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host, Klaus Lauter, and get e-commerce insights you can't Google. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce coffee break. Today we want to talk about a topic that's floating around in the e-commerce atmosphere quite a while. It's headless commerce. Now, why do we talk about this? We see a lot of e-commerce store coming to the market. The market is still growing massively. We see also the rising cost of to acquire customers there and brands are focusing a lot on building better systems to get more personalized and more diversified experience out in the world. Also, we see the death of the third party cookie. So a lot of things happening there and it becomes more more challenging for merchants to get into the market so different ways there obviously shopify provides a huge platform there and again there is now something called headless commerce and we want to dive into this and figure out what actually headless commerce is and what the advantages is of going in this direction so i have two experts with me today who can dive a little bit deeper in this than i can do this so there's Sinem, he's the lead engineer and head of research and development at sogodi.com and Shkumbin, who is the lead designer and strategy there. So Goody.com is a MarTech company working on creating granular digital experience to have clients converting without pitching. They work with international brands, including Samsung, Sale, Creative CX, Trezio, and Enable Growth for many more e-commerce businesses. So let's say hello. Hello. How are you guys? Hi. Hi, Klaus. Very glad we can join and thank you for having us. Basically, we tried to get into headless a long time ago, and we noticed that this now right now is a game-changing trend. We just wanted to share some of our insights and thoughts about what headless is and answer some questions that store owners have been sending over from different parts of the world. So yeah, thank you for having us. A pleasure to be here, Klaus. Yeah, before we get started, give me a bit of a background. What got you into e-commerce? How did you get started in this whole environment? What's your journey to get where you are now? So it has been a MarTech brand since I believe five years now. We delved in different fields, but we noticed about four years ago that e-commerce was going to be a big thing in tech. So we started to work with e-commerce stores. We explored different technologies. We explored different ways of building e-commerce. We were very lucky to have a prepared team in terms of knowledge about technology. They knew about Shopify. So we started to dive deeper into Shopify and we saw an endless stream of ideas there. About three years ago, we had an opportunity to migrate a Shopify store to Headless. Because we had the expertise, we went after it. It was a new thing to us, but after we went through the struggle of trying to figure out some of the drawbacks which Headless has, at the end, we noticed two things generally, which was every store that we migrated to Headless had a common denominator, which was increased performance and increased conversion rates. At the time, we didn't really understand why this was. Of course, we saw the performance. We could measure it by eye. All sites, all stores were much faster than the traditional ones. However, it wasn't clear to us how the customer was experiencing this. So it wasn't clear to us if the headless itself was the reason or design capabilities that come with it. And yeah, 
with Schumbin, we went back and forth and discussed how was this possible? How can a single way of building stores have this much impact in customer experience? And Schumbin started going into this and trying to figure out how that is working out. And we basically accumulated a couple of ideas, which then Schumbin formalized into different strategies, which yeah, he can probably discuss in more detail. Okay, maybe let's take one step back. I'm not sure if all of our listeners actually know what Headless Commerce actually stands for. Maybe give a bit of an introduction. What is Headless Commerce and where are the differences between a usual e-commerce platform? Yeah, certainly. Maybe a bit about myself. I'm leading team of designers in Sargodic. We are working mainly on optimizing customer experiences for our clients. And at the same time, we are creating, like Sunim said, the strategy from the first steps of ideation, up until the final results. During these experiments, we saw this trend that headless stores had performing really, really well. And I'm very excited we get to talk more about it and maybe tell the differences between what is a traditional CMS and what is an headless approach. On the technical bits, I think Sunim is much more capable than I am to explain that. I will like to talk more about how it affects the whole design process. Now, what we learned is that going headless is not just a technical solution. It's rather a whole change in approach. This change in approach then affects the whole design experience and the whole design process within a team. And that's what happened in our team. We had the chance to work with multiple types of stores, multiple types of clients. I can certainly list a few benefits that you get from going headless. The first one comes to mind is the speed. The speed of delivery in a headless approach allows our team to really just quickly create different iterations of front-end experiences. Maybe at the same time that it took us to create the first iteration on a traditional CMS or a what is called a monolithic CMS. Therefore, this kind of speed lets us get real insight into the customer behaviors, which is really important to us and which then allows us to push the digital optimization. If we put that into like a wider CX strategy, the real like value of headless lies within the whole process from implementation of a headless store until the delivery of the design. The second thing I would like to talk more about is the scalability or how fast you can grow with a headless approach. I already talked about all the migration, how easy it is. It also allows growth in the design department as well, because the architecture of headless CMSs allows it growth. For example, you can create libraries, especially if you're using Sanity, which a lot of our clients are using a tool like Sanity. You can create a library that includes components, includes modules that can be reused. And then you can put new content very, very quickly on different channels, different devices. Then once you have that foundation, you can always scale up or grow or mature, let's say, but library by adding new elements, new components. And that's actually what we did with one of our clients and their store. So we created the UI guidelines in Figma. Then we translated that into a sanity library. And that same library is being used to create landing pages, create funnel pages that really benefit the store. Maybe the third thing is the freedom, the freedom that it gives to our team and our designers. 
it's simple as that. It really gives you the flexibility and the freedom over a store appearance. Not just that, it also affects the whole customer journey. In this case, with a traditional e-commerce store, a lot of unnecessary work was being put into formatting content for different devices, different channels. And this isn't the, the case with Headless. Without the hard-coded connection or correlation between the front-end and back-end, Headless just automatically removes those formatting restrictions and it formats content based on the channel. So this gives a, the designers more freedom to create unique user experiences. On the other hand, for making us to work more efficiently and making the build process much quicker, using Headless also helps the user experience overall. We all know that a highly performant site is just a great user experience. And I believe Sunim can maybe talk more about the technical side of it. Okay. No, I think this is a great summary. And I think obviously with being on Shopify or other platforms, you're limited to a theme, to a something that is within the system. And I understand Headless gives you all the freedom and takes that away and basically keeps the back end. You're still doing your fulfillment and everything in the back end, as you know, it, but the front end is a different one and more. So if I understand right, the five benefits or so, which I think you have on Headless is able to customize everything. You have faster loading time. You have more control. You can scale faster. And and probably you have less IT support, I reckon. Sinem, give me a bit of a background from how does it work if you want to move from an existing platform or where you're within the framework into a headless environment? That's a very good segue, Klaus. So most store owners ask this question and at times it's very difficult to answer because it's from a technical point of view, from an engineering point of view, it's as simple as it gets. But the site owners, they're mostly concerned about how much they should invest in this. Is it worth it? What it means to go headless, technically, means that you build your site, your front-end experience separately from whatever e-commerce as a service that you use. Let's say Shopify, Magento, WooCommerce, all of that. It can be used as an e-commerce as a service. And you're building your customer experience to your own can feel separately. If you want to upgrade, you can do that seamlessly. However, when discussing the cost and what would it take to go headless, usually how we have a thoughtic approach. To this, we usually go firstly through theme, the design team, which does a complete, if not revamp, at least rework of the existing site. As most store owners who decide to go headless usually use a theme which is predefined. And that predefined theme comes with its constraints and limitations. And then Shkumbin, because we're going headless, we have the flexibility of design. He and his team can be as creative as they want to build a unique experience. So that's the first step to going headless. It doesn't have to be that. These store owners have come with ideas to just do the same thing in Headless. However, if you're going to invest the time and effort, usually it's wiser to do a complete revamp. The second step would be to basically start the building the front-end application, the single-page application in the technology that uh, of choice. We've done Gatsby, we've done Max.js. That's, to be frank, it's not that important at this point of time. Most Headless technologies perform significantly better than any other way of building stores. So choice of technology is not that important. What we focus on is choice of the CMS, content management system. That's very important because let's say we build a headless store. It looks great, works great. However, someone has to publish content. And the way that 
store owners publish content is very important to them. And it should be because a good CMS basically spares time and can help a lot with how quickly you deliver new features and new looks of the site to the customer. So what we usually spend time next is deciding on a CMS. We've been working with Sanity.io, which is the best in-market CMS for headless right now. We've done Contentful, we've used many other technologies. It depends on the customer. It depends on the level of configurability that they want. Once we decide that CMS, we can then build the CMS from scratch. We can set schemas and we can set how content is published ourselves. This gives the store owners the freedom to decide what is configurable. And technically anything can be configurable from button colors to orders of items to what can be seen in mobile and what in desktop. That's basically a one of the requirements which we usually get from clients, from store owners. And once that is done, we start building the site with that information. We had have two big integrations which happen usually is the integration with the CMS and the integration with the backend. The backend can be anything. We've grown to like more Shopify because we have more Shopify experts at hand. And usually Shopify provides less headache in terms of shipping, in terms of different solutions. Once we decide the backend, depending on the size of the store, it would be store owner currently is operating on a e-commerce provider, be that Shopify, Magento, or any of the others. We do a evaluation whether they should move to a better solution. However, Given that headless is an investment of itself, usually store owners decide to keep what is currently and they postpone the idea to migrate the backend after moving to headless. Headless enables this opportunity that you can decide on upgrading whenever you want once you go headless and you can switch around from any backend solution to any other backend solution. That's in terms of time, in terms of estimations, it's very hard to do. However, usually it takes at least six months to do a complete migration to headless. Bigger clients, have more requirements, smaller store owners can expect this migration even earlier. However, to feel satisfied in terms of quality and in terms of deliverables, usually six months is a good estimation. Okay, no, sounds great. Now, I understand for Shopify, you need to be on Shopify Plus to work with Headless. Is that right? Not necessarily. However, it's easier to be on Shopify Plus. They provide more backend integrations. There are workarounds to go headless, even if you're not on Shopify Plus. And we've considered and done that for small owners. However, if you have the idea to invest in headless, usually it's a much easier migration if you're on Shopify Plus. Because the backend APIs and all that, they're mostly available throughout the build process. But it's, yeah, Shopify Plus is a good to have because it will certainly decrease the build time. Okay, that brings me to the next question because we're talking about Shopify Plus now. So if you're on Shopify Plus or heading into this direction, obviously you're making a higher volume. You already have a huge customer base. Otherwise it wouldn't make sense. Who's your perfect customer or who's the perfect customer to migrate to Headless? In terms of design, I think Schwimbin can provide a more concise answer in terms of technology, in terms of load balancing, in terms of all that. Store owners who have a lot of traffic, store owners who have customers which require very unique experiences, a good sign that they should move to headless. Own stores which are very complex in terms of products and variants and in terms of the way that the purchase journey goes, they would probably benefit a lot from going in a headless approach because it will provide them all the flexibility needed to have the customer journey as custom as possible without having to trade off performance. 
Okay. One thing that comes to mind is a lot of merchants love their apps. Talking to a lot of app development companies, apps obviously give you a broad range of features that you can add. And some of them are really like crucial to a good job. How can you take apps or functionality from apps into a headless commerce? Do you have to reinvent the wheel or can you just take what is there? That's one of the things that one has to go through when going headless. Some Shopify apps have SPA support. So basically they provide integration for headless sites. Others don't. However, there's always a way to integrate anything that is added through Shopify app in native build to the headless store. It needs some workarounds at times. It can be difficult with some Shopify apps, which are built with legacy code, but usually all the new Shopify apps and all the Shopify apps, which are mostly used, their integration with headless can take a little more time, but is nothing that would hinder the decision of going headless. It takes a little more to get there, but it's not a drawback, which I would emphasize. Okay. Now your headless store or the back end obviously will stay with Shopify or WooCommerce, Magento, wherever you are. Now the front end, where will that be hosted? That depends. There are a couple of hosting possibilities. There's Netlify, there's Versal. There's a myriad of choices. That, however, in terms of cost, in terms of delivery, performance, they're pretty much very similar. So basically you would host it in the cloud through one of these headless hosting providers. We use all of them. We even use Cloudflare at times through their Cloudflare pay pages option. However, that has not proven to be an issue. And it's usually through a part of the starter pack to go headless. One would have to go through separate costs, pay the subscription to Netlify or similar hosting providers, but that's really insignificant in terms of amount. If you're a small to medium store owner, let alone if you have a big store, which would really impact them. Okay. Now question is how long or what kind of homework does a merchant need to do before going into headless? So what's the kind of thinking process they need to go through before they approach you or anyone else in then starting with a project in implementing a headless commerce store? Yeah, certainly. So there are a few things that you have to keep in mind before going headless, but of course these shouldn't keep you or stop you from learning more about headless and how it works and if it fits your needs. True to be told, headless is not everyone's cup of tea because depending on the size of your store, your numbers, it comes with a bit of issues and difficulties. But our team is always open to discuss that and see if you are meet the headless as an approach is meeting the client goals. Always when we are onboarding new clients and when they are trying to move to headless is what's really important is defining the goals of their business, then calculating the costs, which is really important and finding a good support team always actually boosts the ROI and their sales. When I'm saying finding a good support team, what's in my mind is all the issues that we had in our experience working with different clients. For example, UXers know how Headless works and how an API works. Another issue is the tools, especially in UX. Most of the tools don't really allow for designing for Headless unless you are experienced with it. Also, in my experience, we saw that the ratio of designers to content people is about one to 10. At least this was a case with maybe three, four stores that we work with. So yeah, overall, I'd say dwell more into it, learn more if Headless is the right decision to make before moving. That's pretty much it. 
Okay, no, sounds great. How can people approach you to find out more about Headless? I think it's what more of a complex process to come to a decision to go that route, because obviously there's a lot of moving parts than to have a Headless store and then to benefit from all the positive things that come with that. How's the process from your side if somebody gets in touch with you guys? Usually store owners are reluctant to go Headless first. So usually they try to keep operations with their current store. Then I think a very important factor is to find a correlation between site speed and conversion rate. So what is a MarTech company usually has done A-B experiments, A-B tests. And what we do is we provide a couple of A-B tests to see firsthand what's the correlation between site speed and conversion rates. Some sites, because of their audience, because of their customers, that's not relevant. In which case we wouldn't advise going headless because some types of stores do not really rely on performance. Others, however, when this proves the case through our A-B tests, we usually suggest going headless because it happens that a small increase in performance is in one of our clients at least had a huge impact in conversion rate about, let's say from 0.2 seconds performance increase, it results in 7% increase in conversion rate. In that case, it's a no brainer that because the type of store was that you had to buy quickly. It was the type of item you had to go through and buy quickly. So if the customer was bored with the purchase journey, they would basically abandon their cart and not go back. In that case, what we also provide a white paper, which we have built internally to discuss how headless works and what its benefits are. We're also very transparent about the drawbacks. There is a lot of development which has to be done from scratch, but if done right, that spares a lot of development effort moving forward. One case study is one of our clients, which we had a lot of development to do midterm, but now we've cut down on development effort quite a lot because everything is configurable. And if they have an idea to implement, they can do it themselves through CMS, through the sanity CMS. Store owners who want autonomy, who want to have more control over their store, will gain this to headless with increased performance and flexibility. This is basically the design process which we go through. Most merchants have decided to go headless and at least 80% of our clients have seen significant increase Others have seen medium to low increase in conversion rates. However, that's not due to headless. That can be at times difficult to factor in from different environments. Okay, cool. As we come slowly to the end of our coffee break, I think it was a very good overview to see what headless actually is and what the benefits are and also the complexity. And I think if a business becomes more complex in the operations, then headless might be the right way to go because of the configurability of the options that you can do that you usually cannot do in a framework with a normal Shopify store. So thanks for that. Where can people find out more about you guys? We can find out more in our website, sagari.com, Instagram, sagari.com, Twitter. LinkedIn, if someone is interested in that information. Okay, cool. I will put the link in the show notes, then you will be just one click away. And I think it's a good idea just to get in contact with you and then get a deeper understanding if headless commerce is the right choice to go. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate that and talk soon. Talk soon. Bye. Thank, Thank you. Klaus. Hey, Klaus here. Before you go, I would like to invite you to become part of the e-commerce merchant pro community to get actionable advice from other Shopify merchants who already have achieved what you are aiming for. Our community is a safe place to actively grow your online retail business with the support of the most amazing and helpful group of e-commerce entrepreneurs behind you. Running a Shopify business is tough. Don't do it alone. Join us now. It's free. You will find the link in the show notes. Also, if you think your online store has conversion or marketing issues and you would like to have a fresh set of eyes on your business, then drop me an email at klaus at klauslauter.com and let me know a little bit about your business. 
It might be beneficial for you to have me look over your store, offers, emails, and ads, and get an unbiased outside perspective and guidance to help you make most of your online business. And finally, if you enjoy the show, please rate and review in the app that you're listening so that I can get bigger and more impactful guests on the podcast. Thank you as always for tuning in today. I appreciate you. Until next time, and I talk to you soon.